Welcome to our next segment of School of Science Radio. This is our 10th episode, and today we've got Tom on from uh, Royal Blue Mercy, our parent site. Um, Tom, I believe, is one of the original proprietors of the site. How's it going today? I'm good. Cheers, Chris. Yeah, not so bad. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, Tom wrote a piece a, a couple days ago regarding about the um, the atmosphere at Goodison Park this season and sort of the ups and downs over the over the years, and I highly recommend that you read that we'll link to it um when this podcast goes up but kind of wanted to get some further perspective on on the goodison atmosphere from tom because he does go to games um semi-regularly i think and just kind of read the room um if you will and tom so you you've been to a couple matches at goodison this year is that right yeah that's right yes i went to the southampton game at the start of the season and the huddersfield game um, just before the first international break. So if, if memory serves me with those two games, the bit of a contrast in results, right? Because we beat Southampton and then the Huddersfield game was just kind of a mess. Was was the crowd discontented after Huddersfield at all? Yeah, it was, it was just a really frustrating game to watch. You know, Huddersfield, they just set the stall out there. They're a big team. They they took the time at set pieces. It was one of those frustrating games, and you can't you couldn't blame Huddersfield for the way they played. You know, you had sure. their limited players. They have they they play the same way, but it was just really frustrating. And then um, it just brought back echoes of some of the previous games. Thinking back to the Roberto Martinez era, where teams that sat back and defended, we just couldn't break them down and I think it was just a feeling that oh here we go again it's more of the same so there, w- there was a bit of frustration afterwards um compared to the Southampton game as you say which was you know we we're still buzzing at the start of the season uh we've got a decent result first up it was Silver's first home game and, and also helped by the fact we won so um yeah two contrasting games uh two contrasting atmospheres um but the Huddersfield especially was just was more just frustration at the opposition rather than the team itself, um, which we had perhaps seen in some previous games in previous years. So uh, in terms of that kind of contrast, it's one of the things in, that strikes me from just watching on TV. I mean, I obviously don't get to any games as I live in the United States, but it seems that from the noise coming over the television that the fans can be a little bit fickle at times. Do you think that's that's fair? I just I just get the sense that the the mood can rise or fall at, at any given moment. Yeah, they they can get frustrated quickly. Like that, they'll always get behind the team at the start, and yeah, they'll always get there in big numbers. But if, they, if the team doesn't start well, then particularly against opposition, they perhaps perceive they you know, we should be winning, like Huddersfield for example. Then the crowd can get frustrated, and the groans can uh, start to to build up. Um, but conversely, it can change really quickly as well. It just sometimes takes um, a moment just to turn the crowd and get you on side. Obviously, scoring helps, but even if it's a tackle or a good save, or like you saw on Sunday, John Pickford's penalty save just got the crowd going and really sort of g'd them up. But yeah, there is at the moment, but it's a bit of frustration that can creep in. But again, I think that's a, a bit... Uh, uh, unfair on Marco Silva but it's understandable for the Everton fans if you consider what what we've had to put up with for you know such a long time so from the outside people sort of accuse Everton fans of maybe being a bit fickle and a bit impatient and then jumping on the team quickly but I think it's more just a collective frustration um which sure. unfortunately well, it seems, just, I mean yeah, the Silva has to deal with it seems to me like it's more of a byproduct of 
what the the buildup over time of constantly getting your hopes up and then having them dashed again. And and that can even happen inside the space of 90 minutes, much less over the past 15 years or so. Um, so what, one of the things that I was interested in is because I, I had not been an Everton fan all that long. It's been probably seven or eight years rather than the many, many years that some of you guys have, have spent um, supporting the club. I'm curious though, uh, what would you say is the, the most the best atmospheric moment that you've that you've witnessed at at Goodison. I noticed in your piece um, on the site that there was this Duncan Ferguson goal against Manchester United in 2004, and you also mentioned uh, Wayne Rooney's goal against Arsenal. Was it one of those, or is there another one that you can think of? Both of those would definitely be up there um, if you're doing a, a top five over the past, certainly since uh, 2000. Um, that Manchester United game, chasing the um, fourth place. Night games at Goodison always make it that extra bit more special. Um, they make the noise. It just seems to go a little bit louder. Um, but probably my my favourite atmosphere in that time, actually, was and a lot, a lot of Evan fans will probably say this, was the Fiorentina game in 2008 and the, the, the UEFA Cup. Um, in a typical Everton style, we actually ended up losing on penalties that night, but the atmosphere was incredible. And I think it just had all the, the ingredients for an, a special, a good atmosphere. One, it was, it was a night game. It was big opposition. We had a decent team. So we, had, and also we were up against it. We were 2 0 down from the, the, the first leg. And I think Everton fans, when they, and it's something I mentioned in the piece that David Moyes did well, he sort of cultivated that us versus them mentality, you know, and, you know, real underdog spirit and the crowd responded to that, um, during that Fiorentina game. We scored early on. And then I've not known, you know, I, I, I don't, I wasn't there to witness sort of the, the title winning teams of the eighties, but certainly in my time watching it when Mikel Arteta scored the equaliser, I've not known a, a noise like it. And I remember, um, watching the highlights afterwards, there was a shot of Bill Kenwright in the stands and, and the camera was, was shaking up and down because of the, the you know, the crowd jumping up and down it was incredible um and it just goes to show that you know the potential um sure. the noise that Goodison can make um so that that would certainly be my favorite but yeah the two I mentioned would would definitely be up the Ferguson goal and then yeah the Rooney game as well because that was a really good Arsenal team that were playing that day they were unbeaten I think in 30 games Everton had been average for a long time and all of a sudden you know we had a decent team we had this star in the making and he, he bangs one in from 35 yards. So, so they'd be the, the, the standout ones for me. Um, other ones, uh, I think the Andy Johnson derby, uh, in 2006, for obvious reasons, derby games are always, always be a good atmosphere. A most recent one I'd probably say as well, um, was actually under Roberto Martinez was the, the Chelsea FA Cup quarter final. Um, again, it's one of those games where it was, it was slightly dark as well. So the floodlights were on against a big team up against it. And, we, you know, we had something at stake with, with Wembley for the winners. And, uh, when, you know, Lukaku scored those two late goals, that was definitely, um, a fantastic atmosphere as well. So yeah, there's been I, a few, just not enough. <laughs> sure. I, I do remember watching the Chelsea game and I think that was one of Lukaku's better games for Everton. It was just mm. really impressive. One of the things that I've noticed with, with the atmosphere is, and kind of going back to both the Rooney instance against Arsenal and Ferguson is when the crowd, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but when the crowd feels like there, there is a specific player that they can get behind or that the, uh, the player is dragging them 
the club to a result that that really helps things be it Rooney or Ferguson or you know it looks like Richarlison is very popular now they they're very willing to to, to back the, the player that they see that they sense is, is committed to the cause yeah definitely I'd say with with Duncan Ferguson as well like again he technically he wasn't the best player but he played in some pretty bad teams but just by the, the passion and commitment he showed the players, the, the fans rather rallied around that. So he was, he was my favorite player growing up because he was the one who showed that bit, bit of passion on the pitch. So anyone who can, um, show, um, that bit of passion and, and feel, or at least look as though they, they care for the club as much as the fans do, then yeah, the fans will rally around and be tremendously loyal to those sort of players. And as you say, uh, Ferguson was a key one. Rooney as well, being a local, if they, I think Everton fans, I do have a, a funny relationship with, the local lads, they, they want them to do really well and we'll get behind them sometimes almost too much at times and, and that can drift into almost being a bit too critical as I think as we've talked about with you know Ross Barkley and now Tom Davis. So having a local lad yeah in that team as well, someone to rally around does does make a big difference. And just being able to you know have a team that you you, you like and you can relate to. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Davies because uh, he he did an exclusive interview with the Telegraph today, and we're recording this on Thursday the twenty fifth. But in it, he was basically saying that uh, it's harder on the local players when when things are going bad because they catch, I guess, more of the the stick, if you will. Um, so we've talked about the best moments of the last twenty oh, ish years, but unfortunately now I got to ask you. Are there any moments that stick out as being particularly memorable from a bad perspective in terms of the in terms of Goodison Park and just the fans really turning on the team? <laughs> There's a few more I than a few, perhaps. <laughs> I think again the tail end of the Martinez era. There was it became it wasn't just a bad atmosphere; it became pretty toxic. Um, I think the the, the Bournemouth game. Um, the, I think it was in the April. It was the week after we just lost to, to Manchester United in the Cup. A few days before then, we'd been completely taken apart by Liverpool at Anfield in one of the most embarrassing performances I've seen. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was it was just turning a little bit nasty. Um, I think the plane, there's a plane protest overhead as well. And Evan actually won that game, but um, it just wasn't a particularly happy atmosphere. It's a toxic is the word at home. Um, and on a few occasions last season as well, for, for pretty much the second half of last season, there was just that disconnect between the crowd and the, the manager and the team. Um, and it just got a bit uncomfortable at times. But yeah, certainly I think those two examples sort of the second half of last season and say the Bournemouth game does stand out for me, um, given it was at the very tail end. And I think, I only think Martinez lasted one or two more games or a couple of weeks after that. We had a couple of away games. I know the, the, uh, the Sunderland game was pretty terrible and I think he went after that so yeah they're the ones that stick out but generally in in recent years there has been a frustration at Goodison and, and going back to the article one of the keywords I think is expectations and you you touched on it as well is that so long we'd have our had our expectations lowered um, we, we were terrible in the 90s and the early 2000s Moyes lifted the team up but he also had that sort of underdog spirit you know we never had any money so it was always you know we're trying to do our best to try and crack that glass ceiling and then Martinez promised us so much in that that wonderful first season it looks like we were really going to challenge again we start to have a little bit more money 
when Shiri arrived, so we then didn't have the excuse of having you know less money than everyone else. So we suddenly thought that this was our moment that we'd waited for so long. Um and then to have that sort of taken away again and drift back down the league, I think that's where the frustration has set in and people have just I think we've had had enough of it to be honest. And I think we have we touched on it a little bit this season in the the Southampton Cup game because so many people saw it coming and they were just you know, it's been such a long time without a trophy. They were so cheesed off after that game because they'd seen it all before. So, and I, I think that that will make Silva's job a bit harder because he's got to try and live up to expectations, but also battle you know failures of past long before he came into the club. Certainly, and with that Southampton game specifically in the, in the League Cup, you know the kind of we we ended up playing that match a week later for scheduling reasons, a week later than the rest of the league had played their matches, and that kind of painted the picture of the opportunity at hand because I think um, two of the the top six, at least possibly three had already got been upset and bounced from the cup. And you started looking at your, the the potential draws for the next couple of rounds and thinking, well, we might could pull this off. And then the side was heavily rotated and just Richarlison took that God awful penalty and it <laughs> just came all undone. But um, move, moving on a little bit here in terms of our subject matter, Ew, the best match that you've attended in terms of the crowd, um, do we need to go back to the Fiorentina match? Did, were you at that one or? Yes, uh, yeah, I was lucky. I was at the, the Fiorentina match. And again, that would be my, um, my number one. The couple of ones that we didn't mention that I went to was when I was younger growing up in the, the nineties. Um, there's the Coventry game on the last day of the, the 97, 98 season when we needed to get a result to, to stay to stave off relegation that atmosphere that that was a completely different if a different atmosphere compared to that Fiorentina game the nerves you, you, you could just feel it from the crowd around and they were just willing the team on the noise when we scored after a few minutes was incredible but you could feel the tension at the same time it, it was it, it, it was a it was an enjoyable atmosphere but it was also pretty horrible to go through at the same time and Coventry equalized we were about two three minutes to go and if Bolton had scored at Chelsea, then that that would have been it. We would have gone down. And I remember looking around, and there were I was in the Gladys Street at the time. There were people, you know, in tears, you know, head in their hands. Before that was it, and then ultimately Chelsea scored again. And you know, a few minutes later, we were running onto the pitch celebrating. So that that sticks out just more for the sheer fear, I think, of going down. That's it's uh, certainly a different type of uh, a different type of pressure and the nerves in the air. I can't imagine. You, it's it's not a party. It's it's more like uh, no. it's much more somber, and you know the circumstances are going to be the the repercussions of a of a loss there are certainly far more severe. Um, yeah. but sorry, go on. Yeah, just just to kind of bring us to bring us to a, a head here. So I want to talk about just lessons learned, really, from from the last twenty or so years, and and really as Marco Silva and Marcel Brands look to kind of re- regain the fans trust from this basically a yo the fans have been treated like a yo-yo um just up and down and back and forth and you know Europa League one season Europa League qualification rather one season and then the next season we're looking at Sam Allardyce in the dugout and what would you say is the biggest step that Everton can take be it on or off the pitch in terms of really getting Goodison back to that, that bear pit to borrow a term from your article. Well, I think they've, they've 
taken t- some of the decisive steps already, and that's getting a a manager who we could all get behind and employs a style of play that that we want to see. It's rebuilt, rebuilding that connection between the fans and the team. It hasn't that hasn't been a connection really in the past few years. Um, even Rod, Ronald Koeman, and I do say this in hindsight because you know I wanted him in charge when when they appointed him. He never really truly really connected with the team he you know he always saw it as a stepping stone which meant when things went wrong he, he didn't really have much leeway now I'm not going to suggest Marco Silva you know starts talking up Everton and, and saying what a wonderful fan he is of the team because ultimately that's what Martinez Roberto Martinez did and he was let down by results but I just feel Silva is here for the right reasons and Marcel Brands looks like he's a man in control um and the the players that they've bought as well, it's just it's it's just a team that we can relate to, the team we can enjoy and watch. And I think that the fans have started to respond already. I think in the Crystal Palace game on Sunday, even though the team was struggling, it didn't seem to sort of turn as much as in 